for suit? I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Aural Pleasure Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Rutledge. You can follow me on Twitter, at Billy R Sports. And for our 17th episode of the podcast for the short attention span, we have a very special guest. I know I say that a lot, but today it truly is reality. Calling all the way from Germany, we have former UK basketball player, Derek Willis. Derek, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm really happy we were able to talk Big thank you to your girlfriend, Keely, for being able to set this up for us. And first of all, how are you doing, man? How's Germany? Um, it's been great. Um, I've had a really good experience so far. Um, the past, uh, earlier when I got over here, uh, getting used to playing uh, the type of basketball they play over here was a challenge, but uh, I'm starting to get the hang of it. Now, you're a really interesting guy, Derek, to your Native American heritage, to your tattoos, and now playing overseas. And I promise we'll get to all of that. But let me explain how this podcast will work. We have three sound bites. We'll let me and you react to them, and we try to do it all in 30 minutes. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, let's see what we got up first. Willis three again. 14 points for Derek Willis. He can eliminate screens, fight through screens, and strong enough to push Carter out. I mean, Willis is just on fire tonight. So there you have our first highlight of the podcast, Derek Willis wearing the blue and white for the Kentucky Wildcats in a season high performance back when he played Tennessee, 25 points, five rebounds. Derek is our guest today here on the podcast. Derek, do you remember that game? And what are some of the things that you do remember when you think of your time with the Wildcats? Um, I, yeah, I do remember that game. I just remember, uh, I, I think I hit like the first four threes that I took. I mean, it was all, everyone went down and I was just feeling really good, uh, comfortable offensively. And, you know, it just showed that night. And you were a, a perimeter shooting guy. It seemed like when you were hot, you were hitting that three point shot, getting rebounds inside and going out and hitting that three. You're also a guy that's from Kentucky, and that's really rare. In this one-and-done era, you're a guy from Kentucky that went to Kentucky, and you stayed for all four years. What was your time like at Kentucky? Was it, uh, was it everything that you expected when you signed? Um, I mean, yeah. I think um, once I got there, though, it, um, it definitely, like, obviously hits you differently. I mean, you're, you're coming out of high school, kind of, you know, becoming a young adult. And, you know, just it's, it's a lot of growing up to do. But um, overall, I mean, it's a great experience and helped me grow as a person. And tell me a little bit about Coach Cal, a guy that you're really close with, someone you spent some time living at his house while you were working out during the summer. What was that like? Is he uh, just a normal guy like me and you? Yeah, I mean, just, just you know, just a normal guy. I mean, uh, you know, I was very grateful that he allowed me to, you know, come back and, uh, you know, opened up his, you know, home to me and Keithley. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, just a really down-to-earth great guy. I mean, you know, he's really by the players and, um, you know, just like I said, I can't, I can't speak well enough about him. I mean, he's always stood, you know, by me. 
What about a memory that you have with Coach Cal? Is there, a, you know, an, an ass chewing that he gave you that you still remember to this day? <laughs> uh, I mean, like everyone, everyone got ass chewing, so it was like, you know, it was just, it is just, it just happens. But um, I mean, like a specific one. Well, anything. Uh, I mean, what when you think of the blue and white, what is it? The first thing that comes to mind. The first thing that comes to mind is um, KP just running us to death. Like that was like it was just terrible like we would run so much and then uh you know cal like he's a perfectionist uh definitely so he you know he obviously demands uh you know the the, the best most out of you so um yeah i mean like we're just crazy but yeah like i don't know i mean there's there's a lot of experiences where it, it would get real tough like mentally but um you know you would just you would just have to fight through it and I mentioned you were a four-year player at Kentucky, something that's a little bit rare in this one-and-done era. Did you ever lose confidence, or what was the feeling that you had going throughout the years trying to get that playing time, for coming from a standout at Bullet East to a completely different situation at a Blue Blood as the Kentucky Wildcats are? Right. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say like I got down on myself at times, but... um yeah, I mean, yeah, the first first year was really hard because, you know, you go from being, uh, you know, one of the best players in the state of Kentucky as a high schooler to not even seeing the court and really not even, I would say, having like a significant role on the team. So, you know, it was it was, uh, it was tough, but, uh, you know, what really kept me in it and positive was always like my, my dad and uh, my friends and, uh, uh, and, you know, Keely even, like there was always, you know, really good support systems for me. Well, Derek, I got to say, you did a hell of a job at your four years at UK. You ended up averaging 5.4 points, 3.4 rebounds, and 40% from the three-point arc in 103 games. Tell me about that senior year. You really started to break out. You really played significantly more minutes. And uh, you guys found some success. Uh, what was that like for you in finally finding that role? Um, you know, just, uh, I wanted to figure out what I was, you know, gonna, it was gonna help the team the most and obviously, you know, spacing the court and, you know, knocking down, uh, shots, um, was going to be, you know, what I was going to be a lead at. So, um, I know I probably wasn't the strongest defender, um, but it, it's something that, you know, I worked, worked at through there and, uh, you know, it's definitely helped me in my professional career. Well, I can tell you one of the best memories that Kentucky fans have about you is your senior night and your proposal to Keeley during it. Were you pretty nervous before all that? Tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, I think the most nervous part about it was, um, you know, asking, you know, Cal if I could, you know, kind of go along with this because, you know, it's like, it, I think it was Bandy, I believe we were playing, and it was, uh, you know, a big night, not just from you know, what I was planning on doing, but, you know, for the other senior guys as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he was, was more than cool about it. Like he was trying to do all this, like, you know, give me the mic and have all this like crazy stuff to do, uh, that night. But, um, you know, I just kind of wanted to, you know, make the, make the announcement and that be it. So, uh, yeah, he was more in supportive though. Well, I think that speaks to the man that coach Cal is caring about his players and, you know, trying to do what's best for them, not only on and off the court, but, you know, personally in their lives. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, like, like I said, I can't speak well enough about it. And so before we move on and go to our next soundbite here on the Oral Pleasure Podcast, do you still keep up with the Kentucky teams today? Are there guys like Isaac Humphreys who 
had a, a great you know serenation of you at your wedding with Keeley. Uh, do you still keep in contact with these guys? You know, do, and do you know about the team this year? Of course. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, we we keep in contact with Isaac pretty well. Marcus Lee, um, Carl. I still I'll text off and on a little bit. Um, Scal. Um, just you know, just about everyone you you kind of keep up with, whether it's through social media or you know directly communicating with them. So uh, it's you know it's a brotherhood, like everyone says, and uh, yeah, I mean it's just it's just really cool. You know, you could always you know have somebody in a, a big city or even over overseas, you, you know, you'll know someone. All right, let's see what we got up next. Bikes slaps the basketball, gets it into Willis, right back to Bikes. Four on the game clock, fades away from three and rattles out. Willis, the putback is good, and the drive have an opening night win at the buzzer. Our next soundbite comes from the G League, where Derek Willis spent some time with Grand Rapids, the affiliate of the Detroit Pistons. One of his first games, he gets that game winner at the buzzer, and we thought there were some special things ahead of you for you, Derek Willis. Kind of what happened with that process. So you went undrafted, you were in the G League for a while, and you made some comments about the G League not living up to the expectations that you had. Yeah, I mean, um, I uh, I just wanted to give the NBA, at least, you know, come out of college, at least try and give it the best opportunity I could. So I figured, you know, if I wasn't going to make a roster, then I think G League would probably keep me under the radar, you know as best as it could so i ended up signing a deal with the pistons as an affiliate deal and um yeah i mean i think overall like my coaching staff there like and uh you know players that came in and out like i mean they were great like my, the coaching staff there was fantastic like uh you know i have much respect for ryan krugs and um you know all the other guys they, they helped elevate my game definitely and so what was that process like a little bit? You had multiple NBA workouts. You were traveling from no-name city to no-name city. Is this something that you would ever want to do again, ever try that shot again, or is it something that you've put behind you now that you've gone overseas? I don't think I would assign a deal as just a regular G League player, you know. But, I mean, as a two-way, I could see it being a little bit more of a better opportunity. But, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just one of the things I, I really won't know until I actually – get down to that point so you know for now i I like the you know the overseas option and i also like you know i want to travel and see different parts of the world so this is kind of you know where my head's at right now so lately the g league has been in the news because they are offering a a new option for some of these elite prospects in high school the $125,000 contract for elite prospects that are over the age of 18 but not eligible for the NBA draft. Is this something that you would recommend to an 18-year-old who's thinking about skipping this college experience to go play in the G League? Um, I personally, no, uh, but it, it just depends. I mean, you know, it comes down to the individual, obviously. I mean, you know, if they're, if they're not really too keen on school and, you know, school's just not their thing, then... Well, maybe it's an idea, but I, I just, I don't know. I mean, play, playing in front of, like, great fan bases and traveling, you know, um, you have an opportunity to get a college, you know, degree. And, um, you know, you're very well taken care of. Like, usually if you're an elite prospect, you're going to go to a top school like a Kentucky, a Duke, or, you know, and they're Kansas, whatever it may be. So you're going to get taken care of. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's just – the right opportunity personally 
and speaking of great fan bases, the Big Blue Nation, I think, really appreciated that you staying all four years and then being that Kentucky boy, being from Louisville, Kentucky, something that you don't see a lot in this day and age where one and done and everything. Did you really did you feel the love in Big Blue Nation reciprocated back? Yeah, of course, all the time. And I mean, even now, uh, when I'm back in Kentucky, I always have people um, when I'm out, you know, thanking me for, uh, you know, the four years and, you know, how much they enjoyed watching, uh, you know, the team play um, and everything. So it, it's, it's, it's really cool. All right, let's see what we got up next. Für die Gäste nach dem ersten Viertel und dann Derek Willis, Coast to Coast, die Göttinger mit nur acht Spielern angetreten. Sie werden sich nachkräften. That sound courtesy of BG Godding, the new team that Derek Willis, the former UK basketball player, has been playing with in Germany overseas. Derek, he spent a little bit of time over there. What's the transition been like moving from Kentucky all the way over overseas into Germany? Um, it's, it's been, uh, it was, it was tough. Like, cause I, I made the, I made the, the, the travel by myself. So, you know, traveling hours overseas was, um, you know, definitely hard, but, um, you know, now that I have Keely and, uh, you know, my dog over here, you know, I'm not as lonely and, uh, you know, it's, it's been a great experience. What do you think the biggest difference is between basketball in the U S and the basketball that you've been playing in Germany? It's a, it's pretty it's pretty physical. I think the possessions are they matter more. I, you know, like the NBA uh, possessions are they're not really. Um, I guess uh, how do I say this? Um, uh, gosh, like I guess like they don't really um, put as much like emphasis on possessions. Like here, it's like you know turnover, or anything like that. Like that's that's huge. Like that could you know be the game. So. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's a lot slower paced too, a little bit, but yeah, um, I'm getting used. I'm gotten used to it though. Has it been difficult adjusting to a new culture? I mean, it's got to be a, a culture shock. Uh, have you picked up any German in your time over there as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, a little bit. Um, just like the typical like hello and you know goodbye stuff, but um, you know, nothing, no sentences, nothing like that. So what's your goals, Derek? What does the future hold for you in the sport of basketball? Is it something you want to keep doing even overseas? What is it that you have in mind? Yeah, I mean, I just want to, you know, take, uh, take it step by step um, and, uh, you know, gradually get, you know, to the highest level over here, which is EuroLeague. So, um, you know, that's the goal. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to play as long as I can. Well, Derek, I think everybody, all the Kentucky fans will be rooting for you. They, they remember what you gave for that university, and they're going to continue to support you throughout your career. I appreciate you joining the podcast, but I'd be remiss if we did not talk about a little bit about how unique of a situation that you are in. You were one of the few NCAA Division One basketball players to have a Native American heritage and to play in the Division One. Was that something that was on your mind at any time? And, and kind of take me through being that Native American, growing up in Wyoming at one point, and kind of how that transitioned to who you are today? Um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I was born in Louisville, moved to Wyoming, was there until I was five, and um, lived on a reservation there, and it was, it was pretty hard living, but, um, yeah, when me and my dad came back to Kentucky, uh, 
you know, basketball was just always the thing that had stuck with me. Both my parents played, and, um, you know, I just always had, like, a love for it and, you know, continually worked on my game and, you know, eventually reached, uh, you know, Kentucky. So, um, but, yeah, and then I guess, like, I started to, like, take more, like, pride and, like, have, like, a sense of, like, I wanted to know more about my heritage. So, um, you know, I, I stuck that uh uh, sneak that out for myself and uh, I do like Native American camps during the summer so it's kind of my way of like you know trying to go back and, uh, and you know, help out you know, any way I can and I think most people that watch you play can see the the uh, large amount of tattoos that you have and I know Dan Dockich is not someone that approves of it very much in that Twitter uh, shot he had at you a long time ago but tell me about what those tattoos mean to you and kind of some of your favorites that you have um, yeah, I mean, I just all, all my Native American ones. You know, I I take a lot of pride in those. Um, there's uh, like there's also Roman numerals all over my body, and it's of you know people who are, you know are very important to me, uh, family and friends. So yeah, it's just uh, that's about all I got right now. But um, it's it's probably gonna grow once uh, once I get back to stateside. Well, Derek, you got a lot of people rooting for you. What is uh, a way that if people want to follow you, follow your team, follow your social media accounts, what's the best way to do that? Um, you can check out uh, BG Godding on uh, Instagram, Twitter, or you can also check out the, um, the league I play for, which is uh, the Easy Credit BBL. And uh, they'll have updates of uh, our team uh, week by week. And I think it's after Christmas. Um, we start to play... Uh, two games a week instead of one so there'll be a lot more um updates and all that stuff well that's all awesome stuff Derek. big thank you for joining the oral pleasure podcast can i hit you with a little bit of rapid fire before we end the interview yeah for sure all right all right what's your first car first car is a chrysler series nice okay i like it 99 yeah it was terrible (laughs) uh favorite thing to eat in germany favorite thing to eat in germany uh schnitzel What'd you say? Uh, a schnitzel or a Durham. Oh, okay. And, and and is that something that you had for the first time over there? Uh, the schnitzel, yeah, yeah, that was that was fire. It was amazing. But yeah, and the Durham is like a, oh man, it's like a it's like a tortilla thing wrapped with like um, like chicken or pork or like French fries. You can put all you can put all that stuff in it, but it's it's so good. All right. What's the most famous person in your phone? The most famous person on my phone, probably, um, yeah, probably Carl or somebody like that. Carl Ta- Anthony Towns. I'll say probably Carl. Yeah, he's he's pretty he's, he's he's pretty big time. All right, a couple more. What was your first job? First job was uh, I worked at Value Market, which is like a, I guess it's kind of like an old people's store. Um, <laughs> for back home. So yeah, like no everyone would go to Kroger, but yeah, like all the old people would come to Value Market. So um that was like I was a stock boy, but it was a it was my first job. I just wanted money at the time. I'm sure you don't miss it, do you? No, no, <laughs> my knees would be killing me. <laughs> all right, uh two more. What was the uh best concert that you've ever been to? Best concert I've been to? Um so like I, I would go to like a lot of festivals during the summer. Um, yeah. While I was in college, I went to Hangout, uh, which is down in Gulf Shores, Alabama, and we went and seen 
Oh gosh, who was it? Um, the weekend. The weekend was cool, but I think it was Florence and the Machine. But had was like the best concert. It was just like crazy. Are you still a top ranked Yu Gi Oh player? Actually, I don't play no more. I'm actually kind of sad. Like I feel like if I was not playing basketball, I'm just kind of you know at home, just like having whatever regular job or something. I don't know, maybe, but I don't really keep up with the game anymore. I really have you know much to do with it, so. Well, that was going to be my final question, Derek. If you were not playing basketball overseas, what do you think you'd be doing with your life? Uh, you know, I don't know. Probably, uh, I'd like to be maybe a coach or something, or a professional gambler. So I don't know. A professional so, gambler. Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's an interesting career path. Do you have something that you like to gamble on, or a certain game that you've mastered? Anything blackjack, but uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter anything really. Well, Derek, we'll be rooting for you. Thank you for joining the podcast and good luck in your travels overseas. All right, thanks for having me. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at BillyR Sports. You can subscribe to the Oral Pleasure podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. Big thanks to Derek for coming on the show. And now, you know what time it is. It's time for the Sounds of the Week. A victory formation and a 55th win for this Clemson senior class. The Tigers reclaim their crown by crushing Alabama. Ball is snapped, placed, kicked, and it is no good! No good! It is no good, and the Eagles win. They missed it. It is no good. They're Cody Parking. 43 yards. It's left. Le mette el pie. Distancia, dirección. Le dio el poste. No, falló. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. Los Eagles se van con la victoria. Made a both. Duke equals a largest lead at 22. Now a steal. Zion spinning his way to Hammer A 360 for Zion Williamson. Fielded at his own 41. Hit straight ahead across the 50. Across the 45. Across the 40. Coming near side. 35. Needs a block. Gets outside. At the 20. He's going to the house. 10 5. Touchdown, Kentucky. Lynn Bowden is two for two. It's the pistol formation. Snell behind Wilson at the Penn State 12. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. 10, 5, touchdown! And the rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky! Thank you, everyone, for listening. We do not own any of the audio or music played in today's show. Credit to ESPN, 94.1 WIP, La Mega 105.7, ABC News, and iHeartRadio. And we'll see you guys next time.